Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. And welcome to episode number 158 of the 158 scintillating episodes of Linux in the Ham Shack. We are here to do it all again. And tonight we have uh, hopefully a good special episode for you all. Instead of doing our usual topic roundup and all of that kind of stuff, we're going to have an interview with a couple of guys from SCALE, the Southern California Linux Expo. And they're going to tell us everything about that. And apparently there is a pretty solid ham radio integration with Scale this year, so that should be interesting to find out about. We will be peatless tonight, but I am your host, Russ, K5TUX, and we also have Cheryl, who's here tonight. Hello, everyone. So let's get this thing on the road, and hopefully our guests haven't, you know, felt like we've abandoned them. So I'm going to try and bring on the first one here, which is, and I hope I don't screw this up too badly, Rade Balachandran. So let me see if I can bring him on the line. Let's see. Things things are happening. Skype Skypey things are going on. Oh, I, I hear audio. So Hello there. Hello there. This is Russ from K five T. Hey Bala, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh I'm doing great. And uh I'm gonna try and get Stuart on the line with us here now. And um I I tried to pronounce your name before I called you, so let's hear how it really sounds, if you don't mind. I heard I, but uh, everyone calls me Bala, so. All right. Well, that's good. So Bala's, Bala's here. Uh, you are with the scale. Yeah. All right. And let me get Stuart, and we'll get the show going here. Super. All right. I think oh, we- hi there. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, hey, awesome. Stuart. Well, hey, Bala, how you doing? And by good, the way, I can't, I can't pronounce his name either, so don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. I said Hrde Balachandran. That's that's how I said it. So I don't know how. That's close. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Good. Yes. I'm glad to hear it. Well, the other voice you're hearing, folks, is Stuart Sheldon, another um, member of the Scale crew, as I understand it. Well, you might. I'm. I don't do much. I'm the director of technology for the show. So. Oh, you, but you uh, don't do much, is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well if if you look at kind of volunteering volunteering for this is kind of like i don't know uh oh it only takes an hour a week but uh it seems like it's 52 weeks a year anyway well that's good that's kind of the thing we're going to talk about uh i got uh several emails actually from elon who wanted us to talk about scale on our program and we'd love to do that actually because um, I don't actually know a whole lot about the show. I have never had the opportunity to attend it, although I would really love to. So we're going to talk to you guys about the show and about the ham radio part of the show, too, which I don't know if that's a new thing, but we're going to find out about it. So who wants to tell me the history of scale? Oh, Bala, why don't you go for that? All right, sure. Yeah, so um, we had our first scale in 2002, um, it was a, it was a collaboration of a couple of lugs from the uh, Southern California area, um, the the USC lug, the UCLA lug, the Simi Valley lug, and uh, um, gosh, there's one more lug there. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was a group of us that we all got together. We're thinking that okay, fine, we have we have uh, we've done install fest 
fests for many years now and we wanted to add a conference portion and maybe an expo portion to that and uh, so we all got together and, and just had an event called the southern california linux uh, fest in uh, 2002 at the uh, usc davidson conference center i don't know a few hundred people showed up and said okay we think it's a success we think there's a market and we just didn't stop from there 14 years on all right so from let's let's walk forward from 2002 to 2014 which would have been last year's show in january so what what kind of attendance does scale now get uh, from from a few lugs inviting people to do an install fest? Um, we are uh, um, uh, around three thousand people now. Um, oh. This year, well, two thousand fifteen, right? Uh, we're around three thousand people. So that's a lot of uh, registries. Well, that's right. It, it would have been this year. I, I'm a year off. What the yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. three thousand people—that's a pretty good size Linux conference. I've, I can say I've never really been to one that big. I've been to tech conferences bigger than that, but not not one that's specifically focused on open source. That's for sure. Yeah, well, about three thousand people register for the event. Um, the the uh, the 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 piece that we try to push on this is that it's a very grassroots conference, right? So. So we keep the uh, uh, cost of attendance really low. We have a lot of content for a lot of people. It's very diverse, and um, and uh, we encourage uh, and we encourage all the uh, you know volunteers and and you know chairs and everybody. We all, all of us we try to bring in something new every once in a few years because um, otherwise it keeps the thing stale, right? Um, so ham is probably a good segue for ham because ham is uh, ham radio is it's this is the first time it's making an appearance uh, at scale and uh, uh, Stu Orv and I were brainstorming and we decided hey it, I think this would be a great fit for us so um, so yeah ham's uh, ham radio is one of those events that we'd be introducing at scale this year. All right, well, very cool. Well, before we dive into the ham part of it, let's get a little more information about the conference itself. So. What what kind of uh, like sponsorship does it attract? I mean, is it primarily open source? Is there corporate stuff in there as well and everything? And actually, uh, before you answer that, um, what what was your role in scale? We got Stuart, so I don't think we actually heard yours. Yeah, I'm in charge of registration um, and uh, and the volunteer uh, um, volunteers on the day off event. Um, so that means uh, a lot of the policing, a lot of the uh, room monitoring, um, and the registration and the and 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 Pretty much most of the swag that that uh, attendees leave with uh, that that sort of falls under my umbrella. All right, well that's good, and you also are the voice of scale for the evening, so that's cool. So um, if you want to go ahead and touch on uh, more of the integration of ham radio with that, are you are you yourself a ham radio operator? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I have a general license uh, uh, in in the U.S., uh, but I don't live in the U.S. I live in Canada. All right, but you have a U.S. call sign, so that's interesting. Yeah, and- yeah. And Stuart, you also have a call sign. Yes, I'm uh, AG6AG, uh, and I'm an extra class. Uh, I will admit, though, I am a uh, non-CW extra. I never had to code. Well, you obviously don't listen to this show because we no longer make that distinction. If we ever did, I don't. I don't think we ever did. It's not, <laughs> it's not real important that you actually have the code requirement. We're just far more interested that people are getting into ham radio or are into ham radio. It doesn't matter if you know Morse code or not. Uh, I am one who actually did do the Morse code part, but I'm not even an extra yet. So, um, yeah, we're we're all where we are in the whole ham radio field. So. Um, so you guys sat around or some folks sat around and said, Hey, uh, amateur radio is probably a good fit for this. And I've actually seen that come up in other open source conferences around the country and around the world. So that's, that's very cool. 
So are you doing uh, something specific regarding ham radio at scale? Well, actually, yes. Uh, Our plan is we're actually going to have an HF station that's going to operate Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, We have a... um, event call, which is going to be November 6th, Sierra. Uh, and uh, we have uh, uh, several hams from the uh, local Ventura area, Ventura, California, uh, specifically in the uh, Caneo Valley area that are putting together this station to operate pretty much uh, the entire show, uh, which is just, just unbelievable these guys are willing to do this. All right. Oh, yeah, there's one more thing. Uh, they're also having ham exams on Sunday. Oh, yes. I, I almost forgot. Yes, uh, we've got the uh, VE uh, group from uh, Pasadena, California, that's uh, coming out and going to do uh, exams. So we're really excited about the whole prospect there. Well, that's great. That will involve a whole other segment of the open source community. So do you know if any of the talks that have been given or submitted uh, and selected for scale involve amateur radio at all? Or is, it, is this going to be kind of like a, a, a coincidental event? So um, the the initial motivation was to have some sort of uh, you know um, a disaster um, uh, slash you know um, uh, preparedness slash awareness uh, campaign and and have a track on that. But um, we decided uh, after the talks came in, we decided that maybe we should just you know um, first move into the ham area and then slowly expand on that for next year. Uh, because that'll give it'll give uh, you know sort of critical mass uh, on this on this in this general area. Um, so yeah, the, the, we just we just venturing into this in this space. Uh, pr- try to bring in some uh, attendees that are more interested in ham radio, or attendees uh, try to get at the attendees that we have interested in this space, and then you know maybe expand from there. This is kind of a new thing for us for sure. Um, you know, I got to tell you that we're typically at scale testing the waters with different things every year and this is a test we're kind of out there seeing all right how many of the open source community are licensed and how can we better serve them with the conference that's really what this is all about you know and and i wanted to i didn't have an opportunity to mention it but every single person at the southern california linux expo that you see working there is a volunteer no one, and I mean absolutely no one in our organization, takes a paycheck. That that I have seen from a lot of events, especially open source based events, where it's almost all, always an entirely volunteer effort, which is nice because uh, then you get people who are really dedicated to it, and things tend to run really smooth when you have people who are um, excited about the thing that they're doing, rather than just a bunch of paid people who are running around, you know. Uh, trying to make a buck or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, also to what Stu said, right, um, uh, every every few years we introduce something new, a new track, uh, a new um, kind of event within scale, and that just keeps the whole thing fresh. Um, um, the ham is just, just another addition to that, you know. Um, so maybe you could touch on some of the things in the past that you've advanced as uh, you know new ideas for South South uh, Southern California Linux Expo. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I, at uh, at scale, I also run uh, the open source uh, software and education. It's called Aussie. Um, so it's a it's um, it's usually catered towards uh, educators. 
Um, there's also another track which I don't claim to run, but it's another track called the Next Generation. It's it's for uh, for kids, um, and and that that's actually quite a popular t- t- uh, track. Um, there's a whole bunch of t- tracks tracks like that. There's uh, these days you also find the uh, DevOps track that's really popular. Um, yeah, so there's this it just keeps evolving, right? Uh, in in past years we've had things like the Kernel track, and uh, it's on and off. Some years it's very popular, some years it's not. You know, and just to throw in, we also tend to lead um, in implementation of new technologies at scale on our network as well as our uh, registration. Uh, We've basically, in our unit, created open source projects around event planning, registration, the ability for sponsors to be able to get registration information, but only when the attendees want them to have it. Um, We uh, pioneered doing IPv6 through a tunnel at a conference. And I believe, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe we are the first conference that actually did IPv6 native on the show floor as well as on the wireless network. And Bala, you can hit me for that one, but I think we were the first. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. Um, unless someone else comes with another claim, we're going to call it the first, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until until proven otherwise. That's, yes, yes. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about conference networks because I've been to, to many a tech conference in my uh, technology life, I guess you could say. And for the most part, the larger the conference is, the worse the conference network is. And I think you know most people would attest to that. So do you guys build up a network yourselves? Do you have a bunch of volunteers who actually put the conference network together to provide uh, presumably wireless access to attendees and stuff like that? And uh, if so, so um, Russ, what- before before uh, before Stu starts to answer, you you have to give him a time limit on this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to do that to him. I'm sure he can wrap it up between now and tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Russ, yes, we do. <laughs> now. <laughs> Now I I know you want to say more than that just just based on the caution. <laughs> uh, uh, to give you a general idea, we ha- our network has grown with the Southern California Linux Expo. Um, you know there was uh, I've been involved since Scale One. I was brought into Scale Two as kind of adult supervision back in those days. Um, and uh, a Bala can hit me for that one. But between Orv and I, I think we th- we were the only old folks that were there at the time. Um, but uh, we started out just tossing a few switches out on the show floor had a very small Linux router for a firewall and would get a single IP address external feed to do the entire network. Uh, for this show, we are sporting 380 uh, VLANs. We're going to have close to 85 to 100 switches throughout the network. These are all fully managed switches. We are going to have 130 to 140 access points, all uh, consumer-grade wireless network devices that we are loading an open-source firmware on in order to manage them in one concise unit. Um, We have been told that our network is one of the better ones uh, for a show of our scale, and our goal is to make it the best that anyone has ever connected to. Uh, And hopefully... In this new venue at the Pasadena Convention Center, we'll be able to do the same thing. 
So yes, we do go into the closets with switching equipment. Yes, we do have our own gateways. Uh, everything that we do, with the exception of the firmware on the Layer 2 devices, is open source. And if we had the opportunity to be able to buy some of the gray box switches that are out there, um, obviously we're on a typical budget, we would have made them open source as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, but besides that, we all have a great time. Remember when I said that hour a week? It's not an hour a week, but it's a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. Go ahead. Yeah, so so um, one of my favorite memories of uh, the early scale years was all of us getting into a car and driving over to Stu's house. Um, and <laughs> he used to have these LAN parties where we were all, we were all sitting crimp cables. Yeah, it's, it's, it's way too big for that now. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine so. You have a considerable audience there. We did have a, a question from uh, a, someone in the chat room who's uh, listening to the show live right now. Um, it's Bill, November Echo 4, Romeo Delta, and he wanted to know, uh, whoever wants to answer this, why you have so many VLANs set up. Is it for quality of service, or is there another reason why you're doing that? There are a couple different reasons. The obvious one, obviously, is QoS. Um, the main reason is security separation. Um, we have a, uh, what's the term I'm looking for, a rather educated group of attendees that come to open source conferences um and uh with uh without comparing us to something like defcom we have a lot of people that want to get aggressive on the network so we do our best to be able to isolate them uh, a great example here is that every booth has its own dedicated vlan we do that for a maintenance reason really uh, we had one year where we had one flat network on the show floor, and we had three or four people accidentally bring servers in with DHCP servers on different networks. Um, so you can imagine the havoc that that actually plays with us. Um, all of a sudden, you have a bunch of rogue DHCP servers that are giving IP addresses out to all sorts of people. So we learned our lesson there. I, I, could, and, I could actually hear the air quotes when you said accidentally. <laughs> well we believe it was accidentally and 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 we leave it at that and you know uh when we when we find somebody doing something that they're not supposed to be doing we assume that it was not on purpose because we're, this is open source right and we all love each other or something like that anyway let's <laughs> say yeah uh, sorry about that guys no but, problem Anyway, seriously, we do it mostly for security uh, and mostly for network isolation. It's nice to be able to do a little QoS as well in there, but we typically don't run out of bandwidth now. Uh, we buy enough bandwidth going in. I, I, I won't tell you exactly how much we have because that would be uh, giving away trade secrets, but we um, we have more than the average laptop would handle by itself. Well, that's good. I, did you want to jump in there, Bala? I thought you might have had a comment. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to, I mean, he was talking about the expo flow, and, and, and the, the, the part I wanted to stress out or, uh, stress uh, about, in this, about this conference uh, is that um, we have over 100 booths in the expo flow, and we try to give uh, almost half of it away for free to open source events. And um, like like Stu was saying, uh, it doesn't matter if you're uh, if you're a paid vendor at a booth or if you're an open source um, uh, contributor, you get the exact same network. 
Well, that's good. That's very nice. And it wasn't that long ago that I received a, an email from you all offering us uh, space out there, um, which would have been very nice. Unfortunately, it's a little difficult for us to bring ourselves and all of our junk out to California. But one of these days, we really hope to be able to do that because I would love to be a part of this. Yep, come on over. <laughs> we would love to have you, Russ. We would. Seriously. I mean, come on down. Well, as soon as we can figure out how to get California a little closer to Missouri, we'll we'll talk about that. So, um, but let's let's talk a little bit about the education tracks out there at uh, scale. Um, do you guys have any like emphasis? Do you do you have uh, like a focus? Often conferences will have even a theme uh, to like educational tracks and stuff like that. Is that something you guys do, or do you just kind of no, try and cover everything? No, we, we open we open it. Uh, you know, in the call for papers, we. Um, uh, we mentioned there's an Aussie track, and and we get some some entries that way, and the rest of it is curated, right? We go to we go to people and ask them to um, ask them if they're interested in giving a a, a talk. Um, it, we don't we don't usually try to set themes in 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 this space, uh, especially in this space, um, because uh, none of us are really educators, and it would be it would be you know um, difficult for us to set these themes. Um, what we've noticed. Uh, over over we've been doing we've been doing this 14 years right so what we've noticed is that themes sort of tend to happen on their own and it's, it's quite interesting to watch those trends um yeah i, I think there was one year where, where everything was robotics based uh in in uh, open source uh, for education and then one year was something else it was it was pretty interesting what one I just want to mention one thing. We do actually, though, offer open source and Linux education uh, and install fest at the event. So if you are like a a newbie and you really want to learn kind of the underlying guts of Linux or Unix just in general, because I'm a, uh, what do you call that, a, uh, a an old school Unix at men. So I came up in Sun uh, Sun Systems. And I moved into Linux. Uh, and to me, there's no difference between the two. Linux is truly Unix, and it always will be. But that being said, uh, if you want to look under the covers of how that operating system that you tossed onto your laptop to play with works, we have those talks. Not only that, but we do have install fests and classes to do that during the event. Well, that's yeah. good. <clears throat> um, yeah. Um, so, so uh, another another key thing to to uh, point out here is that although we have, uh, uh, I mean, we call scale and the L stands for Linux. Um, we are uh, just we are more open source friendly than 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 Linux friendly. So we 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 tend to to support all open source um, operating systems and uh, and uh, software. So we we offer uh, a BSD exams as well. We've done that for I don't know maybe at least over ten years now. We offer BSD exams at scale. Um, we have lots of other open source uh, um, operating system vendors that show up. Um, so yeah, it's just a side note. Okay, so how many times over the last fourteen years has Richard Stallman complained about the fact that it's not the GNU Linux exposition? Every year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Every single year. I think he, I, I, they, I think I mean they, they, this might be this might be a, an urban legend at this point, but I believe that he wanted us to be called the Skaggle um, instead of Scale. 
I was I was actually going to say that, but somebody got me. <laughs> he got to it before me. I was I was wondering when I was going to become Skagel fifteen, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he. I mean, we we had a conference that we we were trying to develop a conference in the St. Louis area because there are very few conferences of of a technical nature in the center of the country. They somehow gravitate toward the coasts. Um, so we were trying to set one up. We we didn't even have a conference. We didn't even have a conference. We were in the planning stages of the conference, and we got a message from him saying, "Yo, it's," <laughs> and uh, so we tried to to work around that. But again, that, we probably don't need to touch on uh, yeah. that kind of zealotry. Um, do you? <laughs> he he means well. I mean, we wish him. I mean, he means well, but you know, um, sometimes. It's- for for those that understand the history of open source, Richard Stallman is a god. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to say, Richard, if you're listening, thank you for everything that you did. And please, please don't curse me. <laughs> that, that goes for all of us. <laughs> um, I'm trying to write down notes here to, to ask you guys questions that sound relevant. But one of the things that I thought of while you were talking was... Um, do you happen to know, um, either empirically or uh, subjectively, what kind of folks actually attend Scale? Are they professionals, uh, open source developers? I mean, do you know, like, kind of what the distribution is of that? It's uh, it's across the map. Uh, you you find um, you find uh, people like uh, th- there's one year that Andrew Morton uh, uh, showed up, right? So <laughs> I would call him a god. And and then you'd also find on the other side you'd you'd find people that just stumble in. It used to be held in a hotel until uh, uh, until uh, this year, um, and uh, and so you'd you'd actually find people that staying in the hotel. They'd be like, oh, what is this? Oh, I'm going to attend. Uh, what is what is Linux? And oh, wow, that was pretty nice. And so you, you find you find the entire spectrum. And I think that's what makes it awesome, right? Um, we have kids. We have. You know, uh, families that come. We actually have an entertainment committee. It's it is amazing some of the stuff that the volunteers pull off. You know, my job's really easy. Everything I do is up until scale, and once scale hits, I you know I'm the network guy, so I better be right. I don't have a second chance. Uh, but these guys. Everybody else thinks on their feet, and it's the most amazing thing. And if you have an opportunity and you you can come out and volunteer for scale, just the learning experience alone of how how to make a, a thing like this come together is just unbelievable. And listen, uh, can I get a couple quick shout outs to the uh, the hams that are going to be at the event? Because I'm going to have to bail here to set up for my seven o'clock. Uh, no, you can't do that. No, sure you can. Okay, Go, thank you. <laughs> Go right ahead. So, hey, I think uh, we're going to have three uh, three operators that are going to be operating on the uh, N6S call. Um, one of them is uh, N6ZE, uh, Pete Hines, who is just, uh, we, we call him the animal because he's just unbelievable as far as the QSOs that this guy can make in contests. Uh, Got to love him. Uh, W6NCT, Vern Potter. Uh, I got to tell you, this guy is an organizational genius. He's the guy that comes out and sets up the, um, oh, uh, gosh, uh, field day at the Reagan Library out here in California every year. Just uh, just amazing. And we've got KK6UE, Bob Paul. Uh, oh, Bob, 
I can't say enough about Bob and some of the stuff that he does in design work and stuff like that. So uh, if you're out there at scale, these guys are going to be operating Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, on the convention side. Uh, out in the lobby, and uh, we're basically going to be uh, running HF, and we're going to be camped on a frequency. And by the way, the talk-in frequency right now is planned to be 146.550. So we look forward to hearing everybody coming in. We look forward to everybody coming and shaking our hands. Right. That sounds great. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure they're all looking forward to that. And I love, I love the ham radio and open source integration. That's really great. And before you go, Stu, I just wanted, I had a loaded question that I wanted to ask both of you and get your topics or your thoughts on. Uh, so if you want to do this in 30 seconds or less before you have to run off, I wanted to ask you guys about, uh, the word cloud, the idea of the cloud and, and how that's addressed in Southern California Linux Expo, because, to me, cloud is a dirty word anymore, and I, I don't want to bias your answer, but uh, how, how would you describe it? Well, okay, Balika, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, the cloud is a very useful thing. Um, the problem is that a lot of professionals, and I'm actually a network engineer by profession, um, and I'm, I also own a hosting company. So my personal opinion of the cloud is, you know, the private cloud concept where you can have redundancy, failover, and things like that, and the ability for people to attach securely is a really great idea. What people are being sold as the cloud right now just terrifies me. Um, and again, you know, I've been in this business for over 20 years and that's probably why it terrifies me because I, I understand the security model. I understand the reliability model and I understand the data integrity model and none of the, none of them are a good idea anyway, but that's my opinion. Well, your opinion actually lines up pretty closely with my opinion, and uh, I'm, we're going to ask Bala the same question here in a second, but I know you've got somewhere else to be and something else to do, so let me thank you for all of us for uh, coming here today and talking about scale. We really appreciate it, and I hope we get to talk to you again sometime. Oh, and Russ, gosh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have a CUSO with you sometime, so uh, you've got my information. Send me an email. We'll set up a spot, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Take care, and Bala, I'll see you in the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> bye everybody bye. all right bala we'll we'll uh try and wrap this up you know we'll give you a couple more questions so you can talk about scale a little bit but what's your take on on cloud you know i, I think it's it's by and large what Stu says right i mean i think i think as as it professionals um we we, we see it for what it is and and i think that um i think there's a there's a lot of oversell and overhype that's going on um but it, it's it's sort of like everything new um, it's it's just taking a little time to settle down, and I think in a few years it'll it'll be a lot better as a product. But right now it's just a little weird. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it is a little weird, and I think everyone's kind of bought into the idea of cloud as basically um, as a remote service. And I think I think that the the idea of of cloud technology is a lot bigger than that, and they're being sold an idea that basically. It's 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 become almost synonymous with outsourcing. And, yes, exactly, exactly. And yeah, I th I think that's why I am so. I think it's why it's such a volatile topic because the people who know what it really is um, are the ones who are being sort of steamrolled by the people who think, ah, well, they're just handle everything and we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you know, um, like what what we try to do is we try to um, when you know when we get. Um, uh, when we get uh, um, our uh, 
you know, business um, clients, so to speak, uh, they're asking us, you know, if they can go to the cloud and stuff like that. You know? So usually what we ask them is, uh, what problem are they trying to solve, right? Because um, it's going to cost them, whether they host it themselves or they go to the cloud or whatever, it's going to cost them. So so they have to be very, very clear on what, what they're trying to solve um, in the long term. And, and I think that that rational thought doesn't always... Uh, cross your mind it's it's more of a an immediate gain um but what they lose in the long term is is not necessarily um you know thought about very right. clearly yeah absolutely all right well that, that was getting a little bit far afield but i always love to talk with technical professionals uh, about the cloud because it's, it's a huge topic in my mind and i, I like wow. to get other people's take on it so um, but let's let, let's kind of swing back to scale a little bit. So <clears throat> you've told us a lot about it. Let's let's get down to some uh, to some specifics about it. When is it? Where is it? And how long is it? Uh, and what does it cost? I mean, some people might actually be interested in that. So um, scale is uh, from the twenty first to the twenty fourth of uh, January. It is held at the at the Pasadena Convention Center this year. Um, and uh, it's all, it's on all four days. Um, the expo itself is held um, these days. We hold it Friday afternoon to um, Sunday afternoon, and uh, yeah. Uh, so typically, in past years, I think scale was uh, seventy dollars um, for full attendance. But this year, we've slightly slightly increased the price because uh, um, you know. Everything is expensive. So we've increased the price to $85 this year. The expo-only ticket, which you can purchase if you really want to, is $15. Um, it gets you all a full access to the expo floor. And um, we also have uh, an open-source legal training uh, track this year. That's another uh, It's another one of those tracks that uh, that uh, we introduced because there was, uh, there was at least one chair that wanted to run a track like that. And, and she's actually a lawyer, so it was, it was kind of... Uh, a neat tie-in. Um, so the open source legal track um, it is $150 to attend. Well, that actually sounds fascinating to me because uh, even though I I tend to get a little queasy when talking about legal things, um, I happen to find open source, uh, specifically legal information, fascinating. Um, and there's a there's a whole world of it out there that I think a lot of people who who deal with open source on a daily basis aren't really um, aware of. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's um, it's interesting because um, uh, Elon's wife Maru, she she just uh, passed the bar and, and and she's running that track and it's um, um, we're we're all we're all very interested in seeing how that goes because um, um, she's she's usually she's usually very good and um, and uh, she's she's run something similar um, I think when she was in in school and so this is the first time we're we're bringing it to scale so we're all very excited about it. Well, it all sounds very interesting. I would really love to personally get out to the Southern California Linux Expo at some point. Um, it's been going for 14 years now, and I have not had a chance to get out there. I really want to. And it's funny that you say that Like the most expensive thing you can pay for there is $150, because the last tech conference I attended, the tuition alone was almost 3000 So Right. Right. So, so here's what's interesting, right? Um, um, we offer so many promo codes out there. I, 
uh, I really don't have one right now, but we offer so many promo codes right uh, out there that um, not many people, like barely 50% of the attendees pay the full price. Uh, so the the goal the goal is to get as many people out there so they they can they can learn they can understand they can sort of celebrate the the event. Um, that's that's really the goal. It's it's not really. I mean, we'd like to we'd like our bills paid, but beyond that, it's it's cool. Well, I think based on your philosophy and your aggressiveness and your willingness to try new things and your pricing model, there is no reason that anyone who is even remotely close to that or has the time off or the ability to get to California uh, should not be there for the 14th scale. It sounds like it's going to be a fantastic time. Yeah, yeah. Really, really looking forward to it. It, um, Yeah, Uh, wish you could come, but uh, if you can't come next year, then then maybe the year after would be be good too. Well, we're going to keep trying no matter what. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I thank you. I know you've got another meeting to get to, um, so we're going to let you go. And I really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about scale. And I hope everybody who hears this will do their best to come out and attend. Right. Thank you very much, Russ. All right. Thank you, Bala. Have a good evening. We'll talk to you next time or or soon, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Bye. All right. Bye. Oh, great. We had a dog just jump over the last of that. (laughs) They were quiet all night, but now. Cope. That's what fatherhood's (laughs) all about. Yeah, Yeah, I suppose it is. All right, so that was very cool. That was a lot of great information and a lot of stuff that I had no idea about the Southern California Linux Expo, which uh, January 21st to the 24th in Pasadena, California. Pasadena is probably a really nice place to be in January. Probably better than Missouri. Probably better than Missouri and probably better than Siberia. So if you're in either of those places, you should probably try and get to California. So, all right, with that, we're, we're... Probably going to have a little bit of a shortened episode this week, but that's all right. So let me jump over to the Etherpad. Uh, And before I jump over to the Etherpad, let's uh, say once again, thanks to Ilan, who sent us lots of information about Southern California Linux Expo, and our guests, Stuart Sheldon and Rade Balachandran. Bala, as he likes to be called, I guess, or is called, whether he likes it or not, I suppose for coming on here and talking a little bit about scale. That was actually fascinating. And and, uh, now we have good integration with our amateur radio community because that's something they're bringing on board, and it sounds like they're really going to take it and run with it. Very cool. All right, so we've only got a couple of things left to talk about, the first of which is I got uh, an email from Rich, KD0RG, from the Low SWR podcast a little bit earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, whatever, uh, who mentioned a project called Lihalo, which actually sounds kind of Hawaiian or something. Sounds like you want to have a luau. Mount Wanahakalugi, Kamanawanalea, or something like that. Anyway, uh, there's a project called Lihalo, L-I-H-A-L-O dot org. Of course, that will be in the show notes if you want to check this out. I tried to check it out earlier, but I wasn't able to get it to work, but probably because I did something stupid and it just didn't fire up. But what it is, is a LAMP stack-based ham radio logging application this is one that you can run if you've got a web server going uh it uses php mysql and apache which is what the lamp stack is if you didn't know that already uh, and it presents a ham radio logger on a web client so that's very cool i really wanted to try this out i i, I got this information like a half an hour before the show so i downloaded it i put it into my uh server my web server for k5tux.us tried to fire it up and it didn't work and like i said the installation instructions are pretty simple i think part of the problem is it's supposed to be in the root 
of a web domain, which I actually had mine not in the root of a web domain, which is probably why it didn't work. This is something we're definitely going to explore. Uh, it's a product I had never heard of, so I want to thank Rich for mentioning it to us. And I can tell you that I will be trying this between now and episode 159, and I will be definitely reporting on it because this is an application, or this type of application is one that I wanted to create myself. So I want to see at what state this is, and rather than building my own LAMP stack blogger, it might be worth my time to actually work with the Lihalo team and develop on their things since they've already kind of gone in this direction. So I'm looking forward to that, and we will be reporting on it on, in the next episode. The thing is, I think I mentioned Lihalo several podcasts ago. Well, good luck in finding that. Let me know if you did. Well, I'm going through uh, their pads for past, right? Okay. So. I, I don't remember ever mentioning it before. I think it was something I found. I, I usually remember topics regardless of who mentions them. Again, it's not something I recall, but we are definitely going to talk about it some more because it sounds like an interesting project. And it, it, again, it's a project that's very interesting to me because it's something that I wanted to do. So if somebody has a good jump on this, I want to jump on the dev team. So that's that's our, our topic other than the Southern California Linux Expo for the evening. So we're going to move on real quick to our next segment, which is announcements and feedback. And other than the feedback we got from Rich, KD0RG, we only have one other bit for this time, and that's from Johnny and for J-E-K. And this is a comment on our last episode, the last episode that you all have heard, because I haven't bothered with 157 yet, but that's coming soon, so stay tuned. Uh, and he says, actually, I heard that Microsoft is working with Red Hat. I don't know why Microsoft working with Linux or even having their own distro should come as any surprise to people. Microsoft has always had a crush on Linux. I mean, look at all the things they have tried to add to their OS that they got from Linux. Russ, I want to say thank you so much for taking care of the show notes. If I had more time, I would have offered to do that, but I was afraid that my schedule, or with my schedule, that I would not be able to properly do the show justice. Uh, hey, look, the most regular show on the interwebs. Okay, that sounds like a stab in the back just a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, he also says, that sounds like a wonderful recipe, Cheryl. I'll have to try it. I uh, don't remember what the recipe for 156 was, but... It was the chicken, I believe. Uh, which chicken? The one that had the mayonnaise. Oh, the mayo chicken. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, and that's what it was. Okay, cool. So the mayo chicken recipe. Um, so apparently we got at least another person who wants to try it. He also says, I love the show, folks, and I can't wait for the next one. So that's from Johnny, November 4, Juliet Echo Kilo. Uh, thanks for the feedback, and we're going to try and, you know, as I always say, we're going to try and get the show out more regularly, but life intervenes. At least you're not three weeks behind, or three you know, episodes No, that's very true. Time. I am not three weeks behind this time, so. <clears throat> All right. Well, that means we're down to Cheryl's Recipe Corner, so Woo-hoo. let's do it to it. The recipe that I picked out for tonight is roasted broccoli. I am not a fan, right, well, let me back that up a little bit. I have not been a fan of broccoli, which was much to Russ's dismay, but I found this recipe several years ago and tried it and liked it, and so now I'm kind of a broccoli fan. It is not pretty when you make it because, of course, you're cooking it in the oven, so it wilts and gets brown and et cetera, but we fixed this for our uh, Thanksgiving Day meal that we had with some friends, and everybody raved about it. The recipe is will work as well uh, with broccoli as it does with Brussels sprouts or asparagus. And we have used it with fresh and frozen broccoli, and it 
came out fine either way. So you just need some broccoli, uh, some olive oil, some sea salt, some black pepper, some minced garlic. You can add an optional sprinkle of crushed red pepper, uh, some lemon juice, and some Parmesan cheese. And you bake everything for about 20 minutes after you uh, chuck it in a bowl or a Ziploc bag and get it all mixed up. And then poof, you have a yummy roasted broccoli. And of course, the recipe will be in the show notes. If Russ ever gets those done. It will be in the show notes. I've, I've been getting the show notes done fairly regularly. So that, that's right. Well, at least as often as the show is coming out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm being consistent at least. Again, you're not three episodes behind. That's very true. And we did have the roast, this broccoli for Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. which was excellent. Um, even I, I mean, I am a big fan of broccoli, but this is an excellent way to make broccoli. I mean, I, I just like broccoli. You don't really have to do anything to it. But if yeah, you, you don't like cheese on your broccoli right, or anything right. like that. But if you want to fancify your broccoli, this is a really good way to do it. You should use it, it it's actually a little sweeter, I think, when it's roasted. I don't know. I, I thought it was a very savory preparation of broccoli, and I have to say I'm, I'm enthusiastic about this, and I think if you're a broccoli person, or even if you're not, you should give this a try. Yes, so. definitely, definitely a different way to do broccoli. All right, so social media roundup. Let's hit it. Yay. Okay, so donations and subscriptions. We have Ben Schramm, our friend from Perth, Australia, uh, Dylan Engel, Jeremy Hall, and Scott Pettigrew. We have, uh, for Facebook, we have David Metcalf, Bob Johnson, Ricky Straub, and Rich Lawrence. On Google+, Plus, Talon Smart joined us. On Twitter, we have at Hamshack Photos, at Monster B, at Richard underscore KG5 DDX, at ham tom f at p van underscore van at qrp transceiver at signing mat and at amateur radio guy nobody joined us on youtube the mailing list and we didn't have any merchandise sales well that's pretty typical but we did have a lot of people sign up for the show and follow us on social media so we really appreciate that and we appreciate all of our listeners so uh after our our uh, interview with Stu and with Bala from the Southern California Linux Expo again, January 21st through 24th, 2016, out in Pasadena, California, which, by the way, is the setting of a great show, The Big Bang Theory. So you definitely need to get out of Pasadena, and you know, maybe someday we'll get out there too. But I think we're about done with the show, so I guess we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to push the little outro button that means we're going to hear some music, and there it is. So we're good. Thanks, everybody, for listening, for hanging out in the chat room for the live show with us, and for listening after the fact. You can become an LHS ambassador. You can visit our website for events and information on how you can represent Linux in the Ham Shack and an upcoming LinuxCon or HamFest, like scale. You know, since we can't be there, maybe you can be there for us. Let us know. And we love feedback. You can email us at info at lhspodcast.info. You can comment on an episode on the website, post on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, or you can leave us a voicemail at 1909-LHS-SHOW, 1909-547-7469. We love feedback. You can visit our IRC channel, hash LHS podcast on Freenode Network. You can also subscribe to our mailing list. Show merchandise from coffee mugs, t-shirts, to clocks, to iPad covers, to whatever you need is at cafepress.com slash podcast. You can also help the show by clicking on the sponsored ads in the right-hand column of the homepage. You can listen to us live every other Monday night, 8 o'clock Central Time. That's 0100 Zulu. 
in the summertime, 0200 Zulu in the wintertime. Our recording schedule and countdown timer to the next episode is on the website, and that website is lhspodcast.info. Everything you ever wanted to know about the show, you can find there. This has been episode number 158 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm your host, Russ, K5TUX. Pete's your other host, VE2XPL, who's on temporary assignment. And we also have Cheryl, who sits across from me at night. Maybe. Maybe. So, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, From all of us to all of you, have a great Christmas, holiday, Hanukkah, whatever season it is you celebrate. And we'll see you again, or you'll hear us again in a couple of weeks. Take care, everybody.